that I will bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. How many of you today have come to bless God with me? For he is worthy of all of our praise. He's worthy of all of our admiration. We serve a mighty good God. I have never met anyone who has took a vested interest into my ministry. And, and I'm not saying it because I'm new. I'm not trying to get any brown, brownie points. But Dr. Cofield is real. He is serious about the work of ministry. And I thank God for him. I thank God for all of you. He has given you an introduction of who I am, my background, where I come from, and where I'm headed. So I won't prolong you with that. We'll go straight to the meat. Matthew chapter 12, verses 22 through 37. Let's start at 22. I'll read a few verses and then we'll go to 36. No, 33. Matthew 12, 22 through 37. Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind, and mute. And he healed him so that the blind, mute man both spoke and saw. And all the multitude were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? Now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. Verse 33, Jesus says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Verse 36, But I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it, in that day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. I want to talk to you briefly on today. Watch what you say. Watch what you say. It is essential that every Christian watches what he or she says. I don't know if you know this or not, but people are watching us. People watch our every move, they watch our every behavior, they watch everything that we say, and if it does not line up with what we believe, what we say can be detrimental to others. I'll give you an example. I, when, I was, when I was seven years old, I was in a uh, severe car accident. It left me with epilepsy, neurological disorder, a speech impediment. I stuttered severely. That year, I was supposed to go from the first grade to the third grade, but my doctors told my parents, said, no, he's, he has, he has an uphill journey here. And I went from going to uh, advanced classes and being skipped two grades to special education. I took 12 pills a day to live, picked on. You name it, they said it. Life was difficult. Education was hard. And I did not understand 
My last year of school, the, the spring of my last year of school, I dropped out, of, dropped out and was kicked out. Of just a few months, dropped out and kicked out of school. A few years later, I moved to Mississippi. That's where my father's family are from. To start over, I was conflicted. I had a lot of stuff going on in my life. I was just in a bad, dark place. And within a year, the Lord saved my soul. Within that same year, the Lord called me to preach. My pastor at the time encouraged me to go get education. So eventually, I got myself together and I got accepted to Western College. It was December 4th, 2004. I will never forget. I was excited. We had uh, our last uh, business meeting at 6 p.m. that same day that I received the letter, the offer, the, accept, the letter of acceptance. And I, I ran into his office and said, Rev, Rev, I got some good news. So what you got for me? I said, I, I took your advice. I'm going to school. Wesley has accepted me. And I, I saw the continence, his body movement, the continence of his face and he just looked mad. He took that letter and he crumbled it. And he said, what does this mean to me? You know that you come up out of special education. You know that you are the most dumbest preacher I've ever, I wanted to choke him, snatch him across that, his desk. But I didn't do that. I was broken. I was hurt. But I said, I got something for that. Here it is that God had saved me. Here it is that God had done things for me that nobody could do. I was a walking, standing miracle. And the pastor of that church, my pastor, took light of what God had said. And he took the positive and he said some negative things. He should have encouraged me. But he told me I couldn't make it. And you can only imagine what I had been through. I'm not going to go into what I, what, I, what I went through to get to where I needed to be. But on May 9th of 2008, with no credits, I graduated in three years third in my class. And you know what? The first rose given to guests and spectators, that pastor sat in the first row available to family and friends. And he was just as happy as he could be. And then after we graduated, we went somewhere to, to fellowship and to celebrate. And he, he walked over to me with a big smile and he, and he grabbed my hand and he went to pull it away and I grabbed his hand tight. I said, no, not so fast. <laughs> I said, I wanna thank you. Because if it had not been for what you said to me, I wouldn't be standing here today receiving this degree. You told me that I was stupid. You told me that I was dumb. You told me that I wouldn't uh, make it past two semesters. And here I am, third in my class. We got to watch what we say. So here in this text, Jesus had done something miraculous. 
Jesus had done something that nobody could do. He healed a man who was blind, deaf, mute, and full of demons. And his people, the Jews, speculated. But the religious leaders, the Pharisees, said that Jesus was the devil. They knew who Jesus was. They understood that he was coming, but they made light of what he did. And they got caught up with what we should not say. They called him a devil. And you know, like my former pastor, some of us say the wrong things. Some of us forget about the grace, the goodness of what God has done for us. Some of us, when, 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 when we forget about how he saved us, we forget about how he redeemed us, we forget about how he healed our broken bodies and how he has brought us to the cross. Now, now how, how do we do that? When we have done all that God has asked us to do, when we doubt what God can do in our current situations, we, make a, we mess up and make a mistake. Without faith, you must have faith in all that you do. You must have faith in everything that you go through. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And if you got faith, you'll know to watch what you say. In order to be a fruitful Christian, you must have the right confession of Jesus Christ. Roughing, you'll never make it. I believe that I can do all things, not just some, in Christ who strengthened me. That's having the right confession. Now, that leads us to something to think about. In order to have the right confession, you must have the right perspective of who Jesus is. Look at verse 23. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, could this be the son of David? Now when the Pharisees heard it, heard it they said, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. They had the wrong perspective of what Jesus had done and who he was. What you say is rooted in what you believe. And if you don't believe the right way about who Christ is and what he's done, you will lead people astray. Christ, he healed a man who had four, not one, not two, not three, but four disabilities. Blind, deaf, mute, and if he was living today, we'd take him to Bentob. The doctor would say that he's mentally insane. They would give him pills. They would dope him up. If, if He would be non-existent. Listen, this man could not see what was going on. He could not hear anything. He could not tell anyone what he felt. 
of what he was going through. He was helpless and hopeless. And Jesus healed him. Now, not that the Jews had a somewhat understanding. Could he be the son of David? But the Pharisees had the wrong perspective. They said, no, he didn't do this by the work of God. He did this through the works of Satan. They had the wrong perspective. And the problem is that the religious leaders did not have for knowledge. They're, they're, uh, 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 Dr. Coldfield yesterday was talking about having excuse. And, 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 and in other words, having excuse not to excel in your God-given ability in ministry. They, they had no excuse not to have the right perspective. They knew who Jesus was or they had the possibility of who he was or who he is, but they rejected him as Lord. The prophets of old gave them the knowledge and doctrine of who Jesus is. The psalmist cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Isaiah said, for unto us a child is born. That's some good news, y'all. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Here's some more good news. For he was wounded for our transgressions, and by no other stripes, by no other broken bones, by no other shed blood. I'm paraphrasing, y'all. Yeah. We were healed. Yeah. Now, 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 I, I was uh, faced with some with a man who had the wrong perspective of who Jesus is. I uh, five years ago, I was doing um, private transportation on, on the side of my side hustle. I go to River Oaks, pick up a millionaire in a, in a, in a nice big, probably mm, 10,000 square foot home, whatever it was, gated. I had to put in the code just to get in, and he sees my books and my Bible and everything, and who are you, where are you from, and what's your other occupation? I said, my name is Jermaine. I'm from North Brunswick, New Jersey. I'm a minister, and I'm a Christian. He was all snooping around looking. He was just nosy. <laughs> and he said, he called me an infidel and a fool. He, he said, creation over evolution. Evolution. I said, creation. He said, they still teach these things in the church today? He said, you're foolish and you're an infidel. Okay, I didn't come to debate with you about who Jesus is or Christianity or anything about what I believe. I come to provide you a service. But okay, and I drive him over, uh, over to the Heights on 22nd Street, and uh, he picks up his mistress. He, he's kissing his wife goodbye when we left, but he picks up his little <laughs> side piece and... Uh, we pick her up, we go two blocks, and we pick up his assistant and, uh, and her husband, and uh, he gets in the car, and he says, 
He believes, he's a Christian, he's a minister. He believes in evolution, in creation over evolution. He's a fool. I said, okay, I'm a fool. He said, yeah, you, you're a fool. I said, okay, I got something for you. Before this trip is over, I'm going to make a believer out of you. Got $100, says, you'll, 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 you'll believe. He said, okay, bet's on. And we get up the road up on 249. We're going to the, uh, the, the, that festival, that Renaissance Festival, and I'm looking at the GPS. There's traffic ahead. I'm, I'm driving. I'm, I'm speeding up. I got my foot on it. I'm flooring it. They don't know what's going on. They, they back having a jolly old good time. And uh, a car cut out in front of me. I go left, I go right, I go left, I go right, and I slam the brakes. They go forward. Oh, God, oh, God, Lord, have mercy. Help me, Lord. I told you that I would make a believer out of, who, out of you. I got that $100, too. Not only, not only should you must have the right perspective, but you must have the right understanding of Christ. It is essential that you have the ABCs, the fundamental of who Christ is and what he has done for us. You need to know and understand the works of Christ. I'll give you another example. I have a cousin. He's a, he's a few months older than me. He is a self-proclaimed preacher. Everybody has gotten it wrong, and he's right. Yeah. All of the scholars. Well, how do you come up with this heresy here? The Spirit told me. That's what he'll say. Okay. A few years ago, well, no, a long time ago, back in 2000, he says, you, you want to you wanna know the truth? I said, yeah, he took me to Brooklyn, him and his friend. We get to Bed-Stuy. We go into a storefront. This man is walking around with uh, a, a, a lion robe. He even had the sandals. and Had to be about 40 people down in that basement. Hot, ooh, it was in August of 2000. And he said, everything was a God, the moon, the sun, the stars, the river. And he said, if, if God, he said, Joseph should put God on child support for the birth of Jesus. Folly. <laughs> then he asked me, what did I think? I said, I was told that if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. He was trying to put me out. So I went and sat outside until they were done. We were leaving, going back to Jersey. We were in Staten Island. And my cousin's friend was driving, and there was some light shining above. He said, it's a Martian. It's a spaceship. I said, no, Daryl, that's, no, it's not. I said, have, have, did, did you not see Independence Day? If that was a spaceship, if those were Martians, everybody and their mama would be standing in glaze. Oh, it's a, he opened the sunroof, his head's looking out. And he got closer. The light got brighter and brighter. And uh, there was uh, a signage on that 
spaceship. They said, N-Y-P-D. <laughs> My cousin Daryl, as well as the Pharisees, had the wrong understanding of Christ. It is fundamentally important to understand who Christ is. Listen, they didn't, they didn't understand. And because they didn't understand here in verse 25, Jesus knew their heart and, 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 and he, he argues who he is. Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself will not stand. A divided kingdom has no power at all. Look at the White House. Take a good glance of our beloved country. We're told to pledge allegiance to a flag to a nation that is supposed to be guided, led, and protected by God. But it stands divided. A divided house has no power. A divided, a, a, good, a no good and worthless testimony has no power. It can't reach or lead anyone to Christ. A divided church has no power whatsoever. You are either for Christ or you are against him. Jesus said, he who is not against me, he who is not with me is against me. If you are against Christ, you scatter. How do we win souls for the kingdom. You got to have the right perspective. You need to have the right understanding, which gives us the right testimony of who Jesus is. Because the Jews, my cousin as well, that man walking around in a, a lion's robe, they all had the wrong understanding of Christ. And because they had the wrong understanding of Christ, they had the wrong confession of Christ, just like the leaders in Christ's day. That leads us to our final thought for today. You must have the right heart for Christ. Look at verse 33. Either make the tree good or its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by what? Its fruit. Broad or vipers with an explanation mark. How can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I had the task of writing this, this sermon was once a paper. My, one of my final papers when I grew my last semester at Dallas Theological Seminary, Dr. Beller said we had to write a 20 to a 30 page single space paper. We had to tell him what the whole of scripture is. 
And then we, I had to write a sentence or so on how does this text fit into the whole of Scripture. I had to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John in the book of Acts, and I couldn't use any lexicons or commentaries. I, I, I read that thing over and over, and I just couldn't get how this text fits into the whole. I, I didn't understand of having the right perspective and having uh, the right understanding and having the right heart, how this impacted my overall view of the word of God. So I cheated, y'all. I looked at those commentaries, and I, I concocted a, a sentence or so and said that the whole of Scripture is the life, ministry, the birth, and all that good stuff in Christ Jesus. You say, you cheated. <laughs> We're going to meet. You're going to get this thing right, or you're going to fail. I met with Dr. Bellis, and he said, you're overthinking it. It's much more simple than that. I started arguing with him. You are this esteemed professor, and you mean to tell me that the Holy Scripture is not the life of Christ? It's not salvation? He said, I'm not saying yes or no to that. You just asked me that, but what I'm saying is there's more. So then I went home. The next two days, I started reading the four Gospels in Acts. So, Lord, what is this saying to me? What is the whole of Scripture? How does this apply to my daily life? I read it, and suddenly the light clicked in my mind. I came to Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Y'all know the Great Commission. Jesus said, all power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, baptize all people, teaching all that you have learned from me. And I'll be with you until the very end. Well, how then does Matthew 12, 22, and 37 tie in to the Great Commission. How does this reflect upon what we, our perspective? How does this impact our understanding and our heart of Christ? Jesus goes into 33, verse 34. And he called the religious leaders broads of vipers. It's right here in the text. How can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, bring forth evil things. We have to watch everything that we say about Christ. Our heart must be right. Ruffin didn't say it. Jesus said it. 
Our actions must be right. Our conduct must be right. How we live, every nook and cranny must be right. Jesus says in Matthew 7 and 15, a tree is known by its fruits. Well, what is our fruits? You remember the woman with the two mites? Jesus said that she had given more than anyone who had gave. Two mites is less than a penny. How did she get more? I believe that this woman was willing to give everything she had to Christ. Well, why was she willing? She probably had the right perspective. She probably had the right understanding. And she had to have had the right heart to give God her last. When was the last time that you gave God your last? When was the last time you gave God all that you had to give? When was the last time you gave God your very best? Now, verse 36 and 37 drives this thing home. But I say to you, that every idle word, now Jesus has just made an argument, what you say, good or bad, right, wrong and different, stems from the heart. But I say to you, every idle word, men may speak. They will give account of it in the day of judgment. By your words, you are justified. Nobody else's word, but by your words, you are justified. By your words, you are condemned. One of my youth Sunday school teachers back in Dallas when I was serving at Bethany Missionary Baptist Church told me how a couple had came in and disrupted her praise and worship. They were long-standing members but had not been there for quite some time. They talked about the singing, they talked about the preaching, they talked about the conditions of the church, and she said, I couldn't hear a word from the Lord. Reverend Wuffin, what should I have said or done in that moment? I said, Sister Lord, if I had been you, I would have told them that uh, if you don't like the singing or the preaching, you ought to pray instead of gossiping. If you don't like the conditions of the church, you ought to give a tithe, you ought to give an offering, or write a check so that we can fix up this church. That's the wrong perspective. That's the wrong understanding of what God was doing, and that is the wrong heart. But let me give you the right heart. If you confess with your mouth that God has raised Christ from the dead, you shall be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe 
should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I told the Lord that I'd be on the battlefield until my very breath. How many of you are going to stand on the battlefield? How many of you have the right perspective of Christ? How many of us today have the right understanding of Christ? How many of you have the right heart for Christ? God bless you. May heaven smile upon you. Watch what you said. Come on, let's thank God for our preacher today. You know, I was thinking as he was preaching, how many times do we say things that we shouldn't say and then quickly add the addendum, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. And what we fail to realize is what we said says more about who we are on the inside than how it really impacted or touched people on the outside. It's kind of like when somebody says, I'm going to keep that to myself. They already said it. The person just couldn't hear it, right? doesn't mean it still doesn't reflect what's in your heart. I think we're seeing that in the day and time that we live when isms are sanctioned and approved by the leader of the free world, whether it's sexism or racism or xenophobiaism. And now people have and feel a freedom to say, no matter how ignorant it is, what they obviously have had in their hearts for a long time. Watch what you say. Thank you, Reverend, for allowing the Lord to use you today. We appreciate that. Yeah, starts in what you think, reveals who you are. Everybody who can, everybody who will, if you stand on your feet wherever you are. Those of you who are streaming today, if you'd like to know more about how to ask Jesus Christ into your life, how to become a Christian, how to say yes to the Lord, how to have a relationship with God. You can find that information on our website. You can also find that information on our app. If you download the I Am Hope app, you will find information there on what you need to do to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. 
If you're here today, upstairs or down, to my left or to my right, we extend to you an opportunity to say yes to the Lord today. We're not asking you to become a member of the church. You can certainly make that decision. But what's more important to us is that you have a real and right relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. So as the song of invitation is sung, we extend to you an opportunity to come. Don't wait, don't tarry, dialogue or debate with the devil. Make that step and say yes today. We won't look at you funny, we'll rejoice when you come. Because the Bible says heaven rejoices when one comes to know the Lord. I'll say yes, I'll say yes, Lord. God, we thank you for the opportunity to worship you in giving, and we pray that our gifts would reflect our love for you. For you said where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. And so as we give, we pray that it would be a worship that would be acceptable to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Good hope it's time for the offering. Amen. Amen. So a couple of things. Bailey, you here? All right. While Bailey comes up, I want to remind you this past Tuesday was our National Day of Giving. And for those of you who may not have been aware of it, you may have been inundated with emails soliciting your giving. Uh, it was started in 2012 to highlight what was believed to be a need to refocus our attention on what really matters in life during this season of mass commercialization. In the midst of Black Friday and Cyber Monday and Small Business Saturday and all of that stuff, in the midst of sales that uh, used to wait until Friday to get started, now they get started on Thursday and some of them got started on Monday, right, the week before. It's a reminder that when we make an investment in people, we're making an investment in the only thing that will transcend time into eternity. And so we put out a little spot. Maybe you saw it. Maybe you didn't. But for those of you who may have wanted to give and you forgot, just want to play this as a reminder. And one of the things that we're going to do is every month, just remind all of those who are supporters of the ministry of the kinds of things that are going on. We'll talk about something real life today, but let's play that short spot for you. 
Hi, I'm Dr. DZ Cofield. In the midst of the mass commercialization of the holiday season, from Black Friday to Cyber Monday, you might be wondering, what's the real reason for the season? Well, the National Day of Giving, or Giving Tuesday, gives us an opportunity to focus on what really matters, and that's giving to people. Giving to great causes, giving to great charities who touch the lives of people. Hope for Families is one of those organizations. Throughout the year and for the last 25 years, we've been serving families through our partnerships with food pantries and supermarkets to get those nutritional items to families who are in need. We serve seniors, we serve veterans, we serve children through our advocacy program, health and wellness, you name it, we do it. If you'd like to give today, click the link below and participate with us in the National Day of Giving. Your giving makes a difference. And when we talk about giving, making a difference, uh, one of the projects that we participated in was a project that Bailey Perry brought to us regarding a project that was taken on by her and a couple of her eighth, eighth grade classmates. And I want to commend them because I know when I was in eighth grade, I wasn't thinking about helping the homeless or anything else that was altruistic. I'm, I was thinking about myself. Amen. Don't act like I'm the only one. Amen. And so we're really grateful to God for this project. Um, so they're going to just give us a reminder of what the project was about and then give us some uh, data on what happened and what transpired. Come on, y'all, give, give a hand to Bailey. Okay. Good morning, Good Hope. Um, so first, I just wanted to thank the Good Hope community for helping us complete this project. It wouldn't be a success without y'all. And I want to thank Pastor Cofield, uh, the youth pastor, Justin, and Reverend Sloan. And uh, as far as Awana goes, I want to thank Miss Misha and Sister Phyllis for helping us receive donations through that program. And I also want to thank Mr. Ian and Miss Petrina for... Um, helping us with the behind-the-scenes work. So now I'm going to let Delilah speak on what we received. So just to recap about our project, we decided to help the homeless, and we made a success, and we raised a total of $870. <laughs> and we made care packages with the supplies that y'all donated, such as toothpaste, toothbrushes, baby wipes, and deodorant, $900 worth of supplies as well. And when we went to the Covenant House to donate the supplies, we also talked to some of the supervisors there, and we met the guy that's in charge of it as well, and they talked to us and gave us more information about um, what the Covenant House is. And we also learned that these situations can happen to anyone, no matter what. So like Delilah was saying, we just learned more about um, homeless people in general and that it really can happen to anyone, which is why we want to thank y'all one more time for helping us with this. And we actually brought the receipt for when we donated to the Covenant House, so I want to give it to Pastor Kofi. <laughs> oh, girl. 
Somebody told me yesterday, in God we trust, all others produce data and receipts. Amen. Come on, give these young ladies another round of applause. What a blessing, and I tell you what, it makes my heart feel good that our, our church is in good hands with young people like that affiliated with our ministry. We certainly are thankful to the Lord for that. Your giving makes a difference. It makes a difference in the lives of men and women, boys and girls, and I've asked you over the last several weeks to be prayerful about your giving, especially when we come to this Advent season. This is the season when we celebrate God's gift to the world, his unspeakable gift, the gift of salvation, the gift of his son, the gift of the Holy Spirit, all that God has given to us. And in the midst of this shopping fanfare, you have probably already purchased gifts for people in your life. If you haven't finished your shopping, I'm sure you have already gotten started. But at the end of the day, here's the question. What have you gotten for God? What have you put on the list for God? We buy gifts for people in part because of what they have done for us and how they make us feel. Well, when you think about what God has done for you, I think you would have to admit nobody deserves a bigger gift than God. But you can't buy God a gift at Neiman Marcus or Walmart or Target or any other department store. You can't buy God a gift at a mall. You can't buy God a gift at Amazon or Best Buy online or in person. The best gift that you can give to God is the gift of yourself, of your time, your talent, and your treasure. It all reflects your love for God. And so my prayer today is that as we worship the Lord in giving, that your giving would truly say to God, God, I recognize that you are the reason for the season. God, we recognize that every good and perfect gift comes from you. Let's worship the Lord in giving. You can give online. You can also give using the envelopes via check or cash. You can text to give. However the Lord leads you to give, let that giving be pleasing to the Lord. Special love offering for our preacher today. If you were blessed by our preacher, we're going to pass the basket again. And if you'd like to give in love to him, we certainly would give you an opportunity to do that. And you can do that online as well. All right. We're going to make a check, make it out to Good Hope and make it good. We'll make sure we give him one check. All right. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, bless me. Oh, bless me. 
As we continue to worship the Lord in giving, let me ask the Franklins if they would come forward. Brother and Sister Franklin have a ministry moment, and uh, they're going to be sharing today about Upwards. Uh, Upwards is our sports ministry that reaches children through athletics, adds in addition to not just them playing sports, but adds in addition uh, a character building component, Bible study and the like, and uh, mentoring and all of those things. And we have seen literally over the years, hundreds of kids come to know the Lord as their savior. And the blessing is this is one of those ministries that allows us to truly fulfill our vision to touch specific areas around our city, 0421-3351 and other areas. One of the best outreach tools we have to not just children, but to families as well. And the Franklins give leadership and they're gonna talk a little bit about what's coming up and what the need is. All right? Good morning. Good morning. The thing I love about our church is how we reach out. We don't just sit in here amongst ourselves and pretend to be pretty and holy and I like your hat and your shoes and we just go home. We are actually reaching out to the community. This program reaches children who are normally not in church here. A few are neighboring churches, but majority of our children, they're coming in to play basketball and for cheerleading, don't have church homes. We see it on the forms when they register and everything else. So what this program does is bringing those kids in. Every week, there's a practice. Every practice, there's a Bible study in the middle of practice. So that child who's saying, I got to go, I got to go play basketball, I got to go, and they remind mom, and they, they will bug them. They are coming in for Bible study on their grade level. It's going from pre-K, four, all the way to sixth and seventh grade. Every game, when grandma, grandpa, aunts, and uncles come to see the baby play, Guess what happens at halftime? There's a Bible lesson right there in front of you. There's an invitation. All that's happening every Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday at Good Hope. Your donations help that. Your time and your effort help that. So my wife's going to talk to you about the needs that we'll be having this season. Thank you. Good morning, Good Hope. As Cedric stated a few moments ago, this ministry is a beautiful ministry for your child to learn about Christ through sports. The cost of this ministry is $45, and possibly, maybe you're empty nesters, maybe you don't have any kids, you could possibly sponsor a player who's in financial need. And to do that, you can go to Good Hope website or the Good Hope app, click on the donating, and look for the Upwards Basketball Fund. But secondly, we need your help. We need volunteers. We need eight basketball coaches. We need eight assistant basketball coaches. We need three assistant cheer coaches. We need, I think we already have our cheer coaches already. But we need time clockers. We need people to help set up. We, we need people to help clean up. We need people to help just help us sweep, sweep the hall because we have a lot of kids that want to walk across and have fun and not go in the gym. But we need your help. We would love to have you serve with us. Um, we'll be across the hall in the Center for Hope in the foyer. We'd love to give you more information. God bless you all. Amen. Amen. I want to thank those of you who, who do support Upwards every year, whether it's football now or basketball or soccer. And again, uh, we use this as an outreach tool, and we don't want costs to stand in the way. Uh, but that fee 
takes care of their uniforms. They get a reversible uniform. They get a Bible. Uh, they normally get a ball or something else that that young person gets to keep as a memento. And then it also takes care of all of the referees and all of that stuff. Takes care of everything so that these kids can just come and play and have a good time. Um, I believe the program is eight weeks, eight, ten weeks. And so if you really think you want to be a part of it and touch tomorrow today, because that's really what children's ministry is. It gives you an opportunity to touch tomorrow today. You, of course, have to go through a background check because we want to make sure our children are safe. Amen. Amen. Um, but it's, it's a tremendous ministry opportunity. All right. Minister J.P. Whitaker, come on and take care of um, our final needs. I think that's all of the announcements. We just need to take care of our visitors. But again, thank you for sharing with us as we move into this Advent season. Don't forget, Jesus is the reason for the season. All right? Again, come on, let's join me in thanking Minister V. Michael McKay for sharing with us. Come on, weren't we blessed today? Thank you so much, Mike. Appreciate you, man, fitting us in your schedule. He travels all over the world and I'm certainly grateful that he was able to be with us on today. The ageless one. <laughs> I ain't going to tell him. I ain't going to tell him. They're not going to believe me. <laughs> All right, our first, second, and third time guest. Would you please stand to your feet? First, second, third time guest. If it's your first time here, it's your second time here, your third time here. Hey! What's happening? We knew you were coming today. You too. <laughs> we just want to thank God for you being here right now, make you feel welcome. Is there anyone here who'd like to have something to... I'm just playing. You don't have to come up here and talk. I'm just kidding. Eyes got like... No, just kidding. Uh, we just want to let you know that we actually love you. We appreciate you being with us today. We know you probably passed up like 19 other churches on the way here. So we definitely appreciate you joining in with us today. So what you're going to do is actually gather up your belongings and you're going to follow the ladies who are holding the signs and say guest relations. Actually go with them. You can start moving. It's okay. There you go. All right. Get up. Let us thank God for them as they're on the way out. We're going to show you some love tangibly. Make sure you understand that we care about you. And Master Control, any audio-visual announcements, you can run them at this time. Are you interested in taking hope to the world in 2020? Are you looking for a life-changing international experience where you can live out your faith and change people's lives? We invite anyone willing to share the love of God and interested medical or dental professionals to attend the 2020 Mission Strip Interest Meeting. December 15th at 10 a.m. and 12 noon in room 221 in the Center for Hope. For more questions, contact Minister Mark Sloan at msloe at goodhope.org. Join the Senior Adult Ministry and Heavenly Match Travel on a dazzling tour of Christmas lights on December 14th from 6 to 9 p.m. Bring your family and friends, a light snack, and your Christmas cheer as we embark at Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church and end the tour in the historic River Oaks neighborhood. Contact Sister Myra Allen to purchase your ticket today. It's that time of year again for the annual Ladies Holiday Social. Join the Sisters of Hope Women's Ministry for an afternoon of fellowship, games, and food on December 14, 2019 from 1 to 3 p.m. in The View. 
Ladies, please bring some feminine hygiene products to donate to the Beacon of Hope Ministries. We can't wait to see you there. Don't forget, for additional events and announcements, download our new interactive I Am Hope mobile app. CDs of all sermons are located in the Center for Hope bookstore for a donation of $5. That about does it for this week's Good News Weekly announcements. Have a blessed and prosperous week, and remember, good hope, loving God, loving all people, and changing the world. All right, if all hearts and minds are clear, please stand to your feet. Let us prepare to go down from this place. All right, let us go to God. To God our Father, once again, we thank you um, for all that our eyes have seen, all that our ears have heard, and all that our hearts have experienced. God, we ask that you would continue to grow us as only you can. Um, change us in the areas where we need work. Um, continue to build us up in the areas where we already are strong. Uh, let us be able to use everything that you give us for those in this world that need to see your light through us. The God, we ask that you would protect us, keep us safe and sound as we go through this week. Continue to love us and keep us as only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And show somebody some love on your way out of the sanctuary.